Good morning, everyone. This is Greenville Miked, your favorite local podcast for all things happening in Greenville, including noteworthy news, restaurant reviews, events coming up this week, and more. I'm Tracy. And I'm Will. And this is the Weekly Rundown. Good morning indeed. Y'all, we've made it to October. It is a miracle. I seriously thought summer would never end. Me too. And I'm so excited October is here. October is the best. Yeah, October is definitely my favorite month. Not only because my birthday is in October, but also (laughs) the leaves start changing, fall starts making some moves, pumpkins, chilly nights, bonfires, marshmallows, camping, warm clothes. I literally could go on and on. I know. We could talk about October the entire episode, but we need to get into the serious stuff. The first of which involves the ultimate race we did with Ruby on Saturday. Yes. I know many of you were in great suspense on whether Ruby was going to make it. And she did. She survived the race. She was definitely toast by the end, but I think she had a lot of fun. The whole event was amazing. There were tons of tents with different vendors selling dog treats and dog clothes and collars and leashes and all kinds of stuff. There were food trucks. And of course, best of all, there were so many dogs. So many dogs. That was definitely the best part. Every kind of dog you could think of, like hundreds of dogs in this race, all running their hardest, tackling the obstacles like champs, getting constantly distracted by one another, jumping into the pond to cool off. Some, like Ruby, refusing to do certain obstacles on principle. Yeah, there were a few obstacles that Ruby did not like at all. And the one she absolutely refused to do was surprisingly the bubble tunnel. And it was sad because that was definitely the one we wanted to do the most. But I think mostly because the bubble tunnel had water that was at the bottom. And Ruby has definitely liked bubbles in the past. But she was in great trepidation about entering the tunnel with the water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the bubbles were kind of over her head too, but we'll try to throw her in, but she outright refused and ran back out. Yeah, I know. Sad. People probably were shaking their heads at me, but I think she liked some of the other ones. There were hay bales to jump over and seesaws and colorful ball tunnels and a giant slip inside, which she also didn't like. Yeah, I kind of felt bad about that one too. But you guys should check out our Instagram for a video montage of her. I think it's really funny. The event was definitely a blast and everyone with a dog needs to take them to run this next year. Oh yeah, anyone can do it. There's a competitive wave and then there's also a fun run, which we did. And people were like walking and it was pretty chill in general. But the man and dog who came in first did so at a 9.01 pace, which I've got to say with all the obstacles is very impressive. Oh, for sure. Because some of the obstacles definitely took some time. Like one of them, I had to carry a 40 pound sandbag through this loop. And another, you had to lay down and use your feet to reel in a tire. And then your dog would have to like drag it out for 10 yards. So they were probably running really fast in between those obstacles. Yeah. Notice how Tracy said I had to carry a 40 pound sandbag because I, Will, was just videoing everything. Yeah, I did it. (laughs) I had to do that. Yeah. The only obstacle I did with with Ruby was trying to get her to run over the like 
angled triangle thing with yeah. the little ledges. Which was very impressive. And I'm so mad I didn't get that on video because I was so shocked that she actually made it over. Yeah. You weren't videoing because you were like about to catch her. I was like, I hope she doesn't fall off this thing. <laughs> but Yeah. So anyways, 901 is blazing and that's definitely going to be Ruby next year. Yeah. As much as I'd like to believe that we're going to have a lot of training to do. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I believe... All right, that's enough airtime for Ruby today. Next up, we've got some noteworthy news from around town, starting with, you guessed it, Greenville is booming. Greenville is booming. So new annual census data has just been released for 2022, and we've got the stats for you. In South Carolina, overall, the population increased 1.77%, reaching a total population of 5 million 282,634. And that makes South Carolina number 23 as far as the most populous states. Okay, first off, you say data, not data. Yep. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. All right. Anyways, (laughs) we're right in the middle of the pack then, population-wise. Yeah, pretty much. But if the upstate continues to grow like this, we might be moving up soon. Greenville County saw a growth of 2.64%, and Spartanburg saw a growth of 2.97%. Horry County, aka Myrtle Beach, had the biggest population gain at 4.79%. People love Myrtle. Which is just hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> Go Myrtle! <laughs> but it was followed closely behind Lancaster County, which is near Rock Hill, at 4.29%. That makes more sense to me. And then also Berkeley County, which is near Charleston, took third place with 3.55% increase in population. And then Sumter County was the only county in the list to show a decrease in population at 0.71%. Yeah. And just to put this in perspective, for those of you who just find yourselves irresistibly curious about census data, I say data. I actually downloaded the Excel table with the census data and compared us to the rest of the counties in the United States. Pretty fascinating. You're welcome. So (laughs) about half the counties in the United States, 53%, saw a population increase from 2021 to 2022. However, only about 9% of the counties in the United States saw over a 2% year-over-year population increase, like South Carolina. Greenville County is actually ranked 187 and population growth out of the 3,143 counties in the U.S. Tracy, can you guess which county in the United States saw the most year-over-year growth out of the over 3,000 counties? Yeah, I want to go with a county in Florida. And the first one that comes to my mind is like a county in Miami. Why? Uh, I feel like a lot of people have been moving to Florida. and But I also, okay, secondly, want to say... Uh, a county in like the suburbs of Dallas. Okay. Since there's over 3,000 options, we'll give you a couple bids there. All right, let's fact check. I've got the table pulled up. So Miami-Dade saw a 0.13% growth. So Yikes, not really? quite on that one. Okay. Just a little bit. Still in the top 50%. Uh Let's see. Yeah, I guess the people moving to Florida aren't moving to Miami. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) Maybe that was just like the only city I could think of. As far as the area around Dallas, so there's a couple different counties. Dallas County saw a 0.5% growth, so that's not it. Ellis County, just south of Dallas, saw 4.47%. Okay. Pretty close. They're ranked number 34 out of over 3,000. 
Hunt County, which is northeast of Dallas, ranked 27 at 4.66%. Nice. And last one, Kaufman County, it's just east of Dallas, is ranked number two. Let's go. I was so close. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Ignore what I said about Miami. It's Dallas. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I know a lot of people that are like moving to Dallas. Yeah, so. I know. But to pick the number two out of 3,143 counties. Yeah, I deserve a prize. I know you do. We'll have to get you one. All right. You want to hear what number one was? Yes. It was Whitman County in the state of Washington. Wow. That feels like so random. I know. Okay. Also, what's interesting is I almost went to Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah. Well, that's also so random. It is so random. (laughs) But funnily enough, Whitman College is in Walla Walla County, not Whitman County. Wow. So anyways... Whitman County saw over 10% growth since 2021. I have no idea why. Table doesn't say. But your guesses were pretty good. Five out of the top 10 were Texas. One was Florida. Two were Georgia. One was North Carolina. And then you got Washington. Yeah, that's intriguing. Um, And also, you make census data somewhat interesting. So thanks for that. You're welcome. That's all I could hope for. All right. That's enough census data. Moving on. Number two story for this week. The City of Greenville and Greenville Housing Fund announced a city contribution agreement and accelerated funding of $13.4 million to deliver 549 new affordable housing projects in Greenville. With this contribution, multiple affordable projects are being accelerated, which include Southern Side Senior Apartments, which is a product to create 147 affordable units for seniors near Unity Park. It's pretty cool. Parkside Lofts at Unity Park. This is a project to create 242 affordable housing units, which, by the way, all this stuff around Unity Park was always part of the city's plans to preserve affordable housing around the park, even as the park itself is creating greater economic incentive for people to develop more expensive housing nearby. So they're doing things to protect people in that area, which is cool. Uh, Another project, Riley at Overbrook, and it is to create 88 affordable housing units And then lastly, Gateway at the Green, a project to create 72 affordable housing units. So the city has given approximately $17 million already in financial support to the Greenville Housing Fund since 2017. And the city's fiscal year 2024 to 27 capital improvement plan also includes $2.5 million in planned funding to support affordable housing. Wow. And there's actually a lot of organizations besides the Greenville Housing Fund that are doing a lot to create affordable housing around Greenville. Got Affordable Upstate, United Housing Connections, and Rebuild Upstate are all working towards that goal, among many more. Yeah, some good organizations to get involved with. Affordable Upstate's not a nonprofit, but United Housing Connections and Rebuild Upstate are. And Affordable Upstate is still like doing everything they can and using their money to create affordable housing in Greenville. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. For sure. Next up, this one coming from Greenville Today, the parking lot at the intersection of Main and Broad Streets downtown is officially for sale. I feel like we're just crushing the infrastructure sector so far. I know, lots of infrastructure news. All right, who's looking for a parking lot? (laughs) Well, this actually could mean big things development-wise, but it's over an acre of land downtown that can be turned into all sorts of things. The lot's current primary owners are the Sawyer and 
McElveen families, author Tammy Connitz, <laughs> restaurateur Carl Sobosinski, and Greenville-based businesswoman Vivian Wong also own portions of the lot. Bidding will begin mid-October, and Greenville today asked people on their Instagram what they'd like to see in the space, and of course, we had some varying answers, one being the world's tallest building. <laughs> And I'm not so sure that the city will approve that if they won't approve Whataburger's 24-hour drive-through. No, probably not. But I do appreciate the creativity. Shoot for the stars, y'all. Literally. Oh, yeah. Others were a boutique hotel with a small luxury shopping mall on the first level. That sounds fun. Also, a parking lot with a hot dog stand with ice-cold sodas. (laughs) It's probably the most economical option. Yep. A hedge maze. Very creative. And my personal favorite, a 24-7 Waffle House with an outdoor stage in the back with live music and a zip line. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I feel like the people who comment on these kinds of posts are such goofballs, and I'm definitely one of them. Yeah, you are. But I'm serious about the Waffle House, though. I think that would be a huge hit downtown. Yeah, kind of like a special, like limited edition Waffle House. Waffle House Reserve, the first of its kind. Yeah, I would invest in that. Yeah, we'll see if we can talk someone into making that happen. All right, next up, Eater Carolinas dropped its list of the 10 hottest restaurants in Greenville, South Carolina right now. So this is basically their list of what's buzzworthy around town, not necessarily older classics that have been around for years. Tracy, do you think you could guess all 10? Ooh, honestly, I think I could give it a shot. All right, here we go. Let's go for it. Okay. Number one, go ahead. Um, Lewis Barbecue. Yes. Okay, that was an easy one. Yeah. Go ahead. Also, Claire's Creamery. Yep, two for two. Um, Summer Moon. Not quite. Oh. Good guess, though. They have okay. opened several locations lately. They have um, Scout's Donuts. Yes. Okay. Three for four. Comal 864. Not quite. You're thinking because of the James Beard Award? Yeah, I feel like that really put them in the spotlight. Yep, good guess. Okay, so you got five more to go. Um, Oku? Yes, Oku's one, four for six. And then I got to go with Indaco, which is right next to Oku. Yes, all right, nice. Five for seven, that's pretty good. Yeah, five for seven is pretty good. I will say it's getting hard though, and I'm trying to think of other newish restaurants that have opened recently. Um, Maybe like Day Drinker? That might be too new. Yeah, not quite. I don't think they've been open long enough yet. Yeah, Two more guess. guesses. Okay. Um, maybe Mac and Cheesecakes. They got a lot of publicity earlier this year. They did, but they did not make the list. However, their cheesecakes are unreal. Yeah. They deserve to be on there. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to go with some bar, which I haven't tried yet, but I hear a lot of people talking about it. That is correct. All right. Six for 10. That's actually really good. Your guessing game is pretty stellar today. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yes, you got Lewis, Claire's, Scouts, Oku, Ndako, and Sumbar. The four you missed were Bereria 101, Mike's Cheesesteaks at Harry's Hoagie Shop, The Rabbit Hole, and Patterson Kitchen and Bar. Okay, those are some good choices. I honestly, though, haven't heard of Bereria 101. So what is that? Bereria. I can't print. I'm terrible <laughs> at pronouncing it. It is another counter service taco restaurant on Wade Hampton. Can you believe it? Wow. No, we need to move there. <laughs> I know. They have so many. It's like the mecca of good Mexican restaurants over there. 
The photos of their food looks really good, too. I'm super bummed we didn't check it out last month. Yeah, we need to make it over there soon. Also, I feel like Mike's Cheesesteaks has been around for a while, but I guess they're new to being at Harry's Hoagie Shop, which is a little bit confusing. Yeah, but it's generating buzz. So anyways, that's kind of a hard one. Overall, though, good job. Lots of buzzworthy restaurants around town. We definitely need to try some bar soon, too. It's a dim sum spot near Fireforge, and it turns into a coffee counter during the day called Coffee Coffee, which I think is an amazing name and an amazing combo of restaurants. Yeah, I love that name. We'll definitely have to pop over there soon for sure. Okay, last news nugget. Rise Bakery, one of our favorites around town, has expanded their opening days to include Tuesdays. Yes, everyone could use another day in their lives to snag a country loaf or a ham and butter sandwich for lunch. For sure. This is just a huge win for everyone. Rise's founder, Julian, said they're expanding to the new Tuesday through Saturday schedule to meet increasing demand, both from wholesale partners and for the holidays coming up, where I'm sure everyone is going to be snagging fall-themed treats like pumpkin crumble coffee cake and apple turnovers like there's no tomorrow. Yes, and I will be one of those people. I saw the pumpkin crumble coffee cake on their Instagram, and it looks incredible. Yeah, you know where to catch us on Tuesday. And speaking of tasty things that can be devoured on Tuesdays, we've come to our Eats and Treats segment, where we give you the lowdown on the hottest, tastiest restaurants to hit up around town. Eats and Treats is brought to you by Common Pops, delicious frozen popsicles made with local ingredients from farmers around the upstate. If you want to support local farmers and you love eating delicious things, this is a match made in heaven. Tracy, do you love giving back to the community and supporting farmers in Greenville? Of course I do. And do you love fresh, simple, delicious frozen goods? Are these rhetorical questions? Then that should be a common pop in your hand instead of a microphone. You're right. I don't know what I've gotten myself into. Exactly. This is your sign to stop whatever you're doing right now and support local farmers in the most delicious way possible. Visit their Instagram at Common Pops to find out where you can find a cart near you. This week, we are talking about some of the best donuts in the world, a classic that Will and I have been enjoying for years since our college days, Lickin' Good Donuts. Good old Lickin' Good. Just so everyone knows our rich history with Lickin' Good, this donut shop opened their first location in Clinton, South Carolina, home of Presbyterian College, where we went to school and where we met. Yes. And let me tell you guys, any restaurant opening in Clinton, a population of less than 8,000, is a huge deal. Yes, and we love donuts, so this is already going to be a huge deal. Right, and what made it even more of a huge deal is that Lickin' Good is amazing. So amazing, and you can trust us. We try a lot of donuts from a lot of different restaurants all across the U.S. We're definitely not food critics when it comes to most foods, but I actually think we probably could when it comes to donuts. That's probably true, honestly. Maybe one day we'll start a podcast where all we do is travel the world and try donuts and talk about it. That literally would be a dream. If anyone wants to invest in us starting that podcast, please email me immediately. Please. But anyways, Lickin' Good was a total hit in Clinton, and then they expanded to have a second location in Simpsonville, which is right near the Chick-fil-A on Main Street. Once again, relating the location of everything back to the nearest Chick-fil-A. Honestly, though, I feel like that's probably the most helpful to people. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we've probably mentioned Lickin' Good before at some point on this podcast, but I don't think we've ever given them their own Eats and Treats segment, which they very much deserve. Okay, Tracy, describe their donuts. 
Gladly. Their donuts are amazing. Like I said, I'll start by saying my bar for donuts is related to three factors. Texture, flavor, and simplicity. Texture-wise, a proper donut has a degree of fluffiness and airiness on the inside and a slight crispiness on the outside from the glaze. And they should be delicate when you bite into them. Unless we're talking about cake donuts, then it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But flavor-wise, especially for glazed donuts, they should be sweet but not overwhelming. And the glaze should be thin and sweet enough to accentuate the flavor of the donut, but not make you reach for a glass of water because it's so rich. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also simplicity is important because I think while donut shops can offer all sorts of fun flavors, they have to nail the simple ones. So we appreciate the fruity pebble donut but we judge based on the glaze and maybe the frosted. And if it has to be slathered with sugar to make it good, then it, it just doesn't meet the bar. And I've put a lot of thought into this. Wow. So. Spot on. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, you're welcome. All that to say, Lickin' Good nails it in all of those categories, which is pretty crazy. Their donuts are light and fluffy, richly flavored, and they totally nail the basics, which, like I said, is a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I would also say they lean a little towards the richer side flavor-wise, but they're not too rich. Yeah, I agree. Their glazed donuts are incredible. They also have a good height to them, which is a sign of a proper rise during the pre-baking stage. I feel like light and fluffy is good, but if the donut's light and fluffy and then it's like thin and small, you know, it's kind of disappointing. But looking good is not that way at all. Their donuts have ups. <laughs> Yeah, they do have ups. And also, I just appreciate how simple their shop is. It's just a classic. You've got glass cases below the counter full of all the classic donut flavors and then big racks of donuts behind the counter, chefs in the back, hand baking, more donuts. There's nothing fancy. And also, the prices are great. Like, we're talking like $1 a donut. I know. They really kill it. I got four this morning and the total was like four eighty something which with tax, you know? Yeah. And we had a filled donut in there too. So all that to say, maybe the best donuts in the upstate. And it's a really nice family from Cambodia who run both locations. Also, okay, Cambodian donuts are a thing. A lot of the reviewers on Google were like, oh my gosh, so glad we found a Cambodian style donut shop. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we looked up some of our favorite donut places from like California and stuff. And they're also Cambodian style. So wow, okay. something to look for y'all. Yeah. But all in all, a fantastic donut shop. And I almost don't want to mention it because I don't want you guys to eat all the donuts before I get there. I think there's a term for that. I heard it the other day. It's like basically people who are influencers or whatever, they like talk huge about some place that they love, but they don't mention the place to kind of like block everyone. Oh my goodness. But it's generally frowned upon. Yeah. So we won't be selfish. You guys have got to hit it up. Licking Good on Main Street in Simpsonville. Yeah, it is seriously the best, and they deserve the hype. Um, they also have collages and breakfast sandwiches, too. So there's some other options, but they're definitely a donut shop through and through. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, and now it's time to get into some events for your weekend, and there are festivals galore this weekend. Yes, there are so many festivals and markets this weekend. First up is on Thursday, which is almost the weekend. The first harvest market of the season is happening at Trailblazer Park in Traveler's Rest. There will be food trucks, a pop-up market, and a free concert, and it will be happening every Thursday in October from 5.30 to 8 p.m., and you can head to the TR Farmer's Market Instagram for more details, um, but be sure to pack a lawn chair or blanket if you're staying for the concert. 
Yes, and then we've got Oktoberfest at Noma Square happening Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. on both those days. It is funny because last week we said it was the last Friday with free live music at Noma Square, and then they responded by throwing an Oktoberfest party for two days. So, whatever. I'm fine being wrong on this one. They've got two days of live music, German beer, brats, dancing, and contests to help celebrate the German influence in our community. Yeah, they just can't get enough of that live music. But I know. I'm very, fine with it. Yeah, very happy to be wrong there. On Saturday, Southernside is having a Halloween party from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. This is a free, family-friendly fun-filled costume party there's going to be plenty of entertainment for kids and adults including visits from some of your favorite disney princesses superheroes and other legendary characters and there will be a bounce house face painting and a photo booth say free family friendly fun-filled five times fast i can't (laughs) also on saturday the greenville fall wine festival is going down from 1 to 5 p.m at floor field Tickets start currently at $55, but are increasing the closer you get to the event, which is 21 and over, obviously. They're going to have more than 50 wines, as well as mimosas, seltzers, and beer. All beverage tastings are included in the ticket price, along with the souvenir acrylic wine glass guests will use to taste throughout the day. It's pretty cool. And food will be available for purchase. Live entertainment from Solution and DJ Chill Will will keep attendees dancing throughout the afternoon. I didn't know you were doing DJ gigs again. I know. I thought I'd raise some money for us to start that donut podcast. Yeah, that's good Good thinking. Also on Saturday, Traveler's Rest is hosting their first ever fall festival taking place at Trailblazer Park again from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. So after you hit up the Harvest Market on Thursday, you can head back there on Saturday for food trucks, face painting, bounce houses, cotton candy, funnel cakes, and music. Tickets are $10 for adults, $5 for kids, and kids under five are free. Sounds like Greenville and Traveler's Rest are just as ready for fall as we are. I know. It's like the whole city is celebrating. Yes. And while Greenville and Traveler's Rest are celebrating Oktoberfest in fall, Piedmont is celebrating pickles. (laughs) On Sunday, the Piedmont Pickle Festival is going down at the Carolina Bowern House from 2 to 8 p.m., I think this sounds actually pretty amazing. It's their first annual pickle festival with pickle merch, tastings, and activities. I bet pickleball suited for all the pickle lovers out there. Tickets start at $10. Tracy, did you know that I actually used to eat so many pickles in college that my friends got me a giant jar of pickles, giant pickles, for my 21st birthday? Yes, you have told me that before, and that is kind of crazy that you were consuming that many pickles. I know. I used to eat them as a healthy alternative to dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Listen, if we go to this pickle festival, the other festival goers will understand me. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find your kin there. Well, that's all we've got for you guys today. Thanks so much for tuning into Greenville Mike this week. We hope you guys are well-informed with conversation starters this week. Everything ranging from pickles to census data to the proper qualifications for a good donut. Yeah, what more do you need to start your Monday? Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all of your friends. And we'll catch you next week for the next Weekly Rundown. See ya.